0: You are listening to a message from Treeline Church, a life-giving church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you are in the Pittsburgh region, we would love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out treeline.church for times and location. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. We're going to talk about something that's really important for us as Christ followers. You're like, well, Brian, don't we talk about that every week that something important for us as Christ followers? But this is something that really is super important. If you missed the message last week, I really encourage you to go check it out. I think it'll be a blessing for you and really encourage you if you're going through something that's difficult. We talked about a guy named David who took on the giant Goliath. Now, you've probably heard his story before. And it's something that we tell kids in Sunday school or VBS that it's like, you know, it's a cute kid's story. But we really found that there's some pretty amazing truths truths in that for us, because we all go through difficulties. We all face giants. We all have something in our life life, that we're facing. And it's good to know that God is on our side, that we're not alone. And we said we've got to change your focus. So if you missed that last week, I'm not going to go too much into it. Really encourage you to go watch uh, on Facebook, on YouTube. You can listen on the website or on the podcast. Lots of options there. Make sure you go back and check it out if you missed it. So last week we were changing our focus. And this week, We're changing our mind. We're changing our minds. We're changing our thoughts. We touched on this for a little bit in the message last week, and I really wanted to dive in and dig in a little bit deeper into this thought and this idea of changing our thoughts. See, what happens is when we say yes to a relationship with Jesus, when he enters our life and we surrender our life and will to him, we start to, well, the goal is to become more like Christ, to be a Christian, to be a Christ follower, follower of Jesus. Now there's a little bit of rub with that because it's easy to kind of understand as Jesus is our Savior, that we accept Jesus and he saves us, right? He, he saves us from the life that we're in, the sin we're in, that separation from God. And now when we come to accept him, he's our Savior and he reconciles our relationship with the Heavenly Father, right? We get to spend eternity with him in heaven. He gives us this great life here on earth that we can experience to the full. And there's great to understand Jesus as our Savior, but sometimes there's a breakdown in understanding that Jesus is also our Lord. Well, what's that mean? Well, Jesus is the Lord of our life, that we are surrendering and submitting our life, our will, to His. Now, that can be a little bit difficult. It could be kind of fun to accept Jesus as your Savior and kind of a cool idea that he's come to save us and save the day and and just totally change our lives. But then in return, our act of worship is to surrender to him as Jesus, our Lord. And so today, I really want to dive into this thought of changing our mind, changing our thoughts, that when we say yes to a relationship with Jesus, that our life, our choices, our actions, our attitudes should start to look different. Should start to look different from the way we lived our life before Christ. Should start to look different than the people around us and the culture and the world that we live in. Matter of fact, when we say yes to relationship with Jesus and we strive to become more like Him, our life, our choices, our attitudes, actions, behaviors, all of it should start to look a lot different than the world and culture around us. That's what means saying yes to Jesus, surrendering our life to Him, and submitting our will to Him. And see, that can be difficult. It's easy to say. And it's great to say a prayer and invite Christ into our life and start that journey. And that's what we say every week. If you surrendered your life to Jesus and you said yes to relationship with Him, it's just the beginning of becoming a lifelong follower. See, then we do all of the work in surrendering and submitting our life to becoming more like Him, hopefully day by day. Changing and growing to be more like Him. And see, becoming like Jesus, much of this starts with changing the way that we think. And why is this important? Because the way we think and our thoughts, they have an effect. They have an effect on every area of our life. Every decision that we make. Every relationship we get in, every financial decision, the the way that we treat someone, the way that we react, the way our attitude, and even the ideas and the thoughts of our heart. See, that all starts with our mind, with what we're thinking, the thoughts that we have. And so we've got to begin to change our thinking. You ever hear that saying before, you got to change your stinking thinking? Well, this is true. I don't know that that's in the Bible, but it's true. When we say yes to relationship with Jesus, we got to start changing the way that we think. Now, here's the good news. We don't have to do this on our own. We don't have to do this in our own strength or our own ability. But I really want to dive in and I want to talk about a verse in Romans 12:2. And here the author, Paul, is writing to the church, this group of people in Romans. And he's, he's reminding them some important things of what it looks like to now follow after Jesus. And he says this, Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. Don't you love that? I'm going to break that down here, but I think this is really important advice, and and I love this about the Word of God. I love this about the Bible, that something so many years ago in a totally different culture, a totally different time, a totally different era in history, could be something so pertinent to us now. I love that about the Word of God. That's something that was written to a total different group of people who haven't experienced anything that we've experienced with technology and with all the things that have happened in the world and total different nations, looks completely different. The culture looks completely different, but it's something that still so much applies to our lives. And here he starts by saying, stop imitating the world's culture. Stop imitating the things that you see around you. Don't simply try to blend in. Something that I like to tell people is that when you say yes to Jesus and you become more like him, you should actually start, begin to go against the grain, against the flow of the culture in the world around you. If all of your decisions, if all of your thoughts, if all of your ideals, if all of your opinions line up perfectly with the rest of the world and the culture around you who are not following Jesus, then we might have to ask ourselves how closely are are we following after Jesus? And Paul gives us this reminder that we've got to stop imitating the world and the culture around us. And he says you've got to be transformed by the, from the inside by the Holy Spirit get this, not by your own strength, not by your own ability, not just by trying to be good enough, but by the Holy Spirit. When you choose the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is who God has sent us as a helper. That when we say yes to relationship with Jesus, that He fills us with His Spirit, with His breath. The Spirit of God fills us, comes, dwells inside of us to help us, to empower us to live a life to follow after Jesus. And so it's by His Spirit that He enables us to be transformed. And He says, why? To have a total change in the way that you think. See, it almost should be like when we say yes to Jesus, when we say yes and surrender our life to God, there should be a way that we thought and think before and there should be a way that we thought and think after that it's going to, we may not get there right away. It may take some time as you'll see. But I think with something we've got to be intentional that we're never going to arrive. We're always going to have to change our thinking. And I love this last part. It says to do this because then we'll be empowered to discern God's will and we'll live a life that will be satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Don't you love that? That when we say yes to Jesus and we begin to change our thinking and the spirit comes to dwell inside of us and we begin to change the way that we think and live our life, that we're going to live a life that brings worship and praise and honor to God. And friends, isn't that what it's all about? That it's, we have the opportunity, not the obligation, not out of guilt, to say, Jesus, now because what you have done for me, God, that you love me so much, that now I get to surrender my life to following after you, becoming like you, and this is my act of worship. And that's not in my own strength, not in my own ability, not because I'm awesome or some super Christian. No, it's simply because of who God is and what the work that he's doing inside of me, the work that he's doing inside of you. Now, I don't know what you've been doing with your extra time during the quarantine. Maybe some of you are like, Brian, I don't have any extra time. I've got kids at home. I'm trying to work from home. Um, Things are crazy. Um, Maybe you have had some extra time. Maybe you stay up late. But there's this thing called binge-watching. Now, I'm not going to go in there and make anyone confess who's been binge-watching what. Uh, You know who you are. Um, But it was actually kind of funny. I was thinking about this with my daughters the other day is that they can find a show that they like on one of the streaming platforms. Just pick one. And, you know, from shows from years ago, there'll be every episode ever made on there and they can just binge-watch one to the other, the other to the other and they'll find out the whole plot and know what happens. And I had kind of laughing because I'm like, man, it was a lot more painful to watch TV when I was a kid because you'd only get like, you know, 20-30 minutes of that show once a week you'd have to wait the next week to find out what happens and then there would be a whole season in between like the whole summer off before they would pick the show back up at all and you'd have to wait a long time to find out what happened on the TV show not anymore friends come on someone it's 2020 we have binge watching now we can watch an entire series of a show um, and sit there and just watch the whole thing so I don't know what you've been binge watching maybe you can share that in the comment section maybe you can help us out and find some new shows that you think are really good that are binge worthy. I think that's the thing, right? Is it a binge worthy show you just can't stop watching? It's like a good book you can't put down. You just have to keep watching. Actually, they're pretty evil with a lot of the streaming services. Uh, when the credits start to roll, the little box comes up in the corner and says, Starting the next episode in five four, three, and he's like, you can't even stop watching. He's like, where's the remote? Where's the remote? And it's just starting like too late. I'm into the next episode. I have to keep watching it now. Everyone been there? Just, just me? I don't know what you've been watching, but in our house, we've been watching a couple of different shows. And um, one of the ones we've been watching, my wife really likes, it's called Hometown. It's an HGTV show. It's a show about home renovation. It's really awesome. It's about this husband and wife couple, Ben and Aaron, uh, who do home renovations in their hometown of Laurel, Mississippi. And anyone who moves into the town, um, you know, who's looking for a house, they'll find an older house uh, that needs fixed up. Think of like Fixer Upper, a little Chip and JoJo kind of. Um, and they find a house for them, and then they give them a couple options and draw them a picture of what the house is going to look like. And, you know, then they pick, and then they do the full renovation. And it's amazing to see the transformation at the end of the show. It's been really great. Our girls like, Watching, like, we want to see what the house is going to look like when it's done. Some of you are like, man, Brian, I'm not really into that. I don't know if that home renovation is that cool. Well, one that I've been watching that I've really enjoyed is called Rust Valley Restorers. Now, this show is about um, restoring cars, and it's about a guy named Mike Hall, who over 40 years of his life bought over 400 classic cars, mostly muscle cars. And he's up in the west coast of Canada, pretty far from here, but he has all of these cars and all this acreage of land, and they're rusting away in a place called called Rust Valley, kind of ironic, right? And so this is where he has all these cars and they start fixing them up and he starts a business and he starts selling these cars and it's all the drama that ensues. But it's pretty amazing to see the transformation. They will literally go get a rusted, wrecked heap out from somewhere in their land, they'll hook it up to a machine, pull the thing in, and they'll do a full restoration of this thing. Most of the time pulling it off the frame, putting all kinds of new metal work in, maybe a new frame, new new engine parts, everything. Just starting almost from nothing but just a pile of metal. And then comes out a beautiful car. Come on, somebody. I mean, it is just amazing. Can you imagine getting to drive? Some of you now, I'm getting your engines right, thinking about driving one of those classic cars, the, the Camaro or the Roadrunner or a Satellite or a, a Bumblebee, whatever it is that you're wanting to drive. It's just really amazing to think about all those cars. And it's, it's really entertaining. But here's the amazing thing about these types of shows. And we love them. We can't get enough of them. All the renovations and restorations is that to get to the point where the thing is a full restoration, a full a full house, a full car, whatever it is, to see the beautiful work, the end result, all the work, all the labor, is that there's kind of something that's got to happen before they start doing that. It's not like they pull a rusty car and just slap a coat of paint on it it's good to go. It's not like they get an old, run-down house that hasn't been lived in in a decade and just start putting wallpaper on and putting carpet in and putting some new plumbing fixtures. No, 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 no. They have to go in and start removing all of the old, decrepit, rusted, rotted parts out of the house, out of the car. Whatever they do, they have to start cutting it out. They have to get to the point where they're on good metal to have a good foundation to start. In the the house, they've got to remove all the floorboards and the rot and the mold that was hiding behind the nasty shag carpet from the 60s or whatever it was. They have to get to a point, they have to replace the old stuff with some new stuff so that it can be a complete and beautiful restoration. Restoration. Now that's something that's part of the process and something that we enjoy watching. And I've done a little bit of renovation work in houses myself. I like watching it on TV a lot more. It seems to go a lot faster in a 30 minute show than it does doing a total rehab on a house. Done a few of them is much better. Just go that way. Trust me. But see, it's not just simply about getting something and just doing something with what you've got. You've got to replace. You've got to exchange. There's something that's got to happen that removes the old and does something with the new. And the same thing is true when it comes to renewing our mind and changing our thoughts. It's not simply that we become a Christ follower, that we're following after Jesus and we simply say, hey, God, I need you to change my mind, change your thoughts. That's a good place to start, but then we've got to actually start laying laying down some of those old thoughts, some of those old habits, some of those old things and things that we used to do, and we've got to put them down. We've got to say we we own that, and we say we repent, we ask for forgiveness, we confess it, and we give it to God. And we've got to begin to change out, to really change, to have a renovation, to to put it that way, to see the transformation in our thought life, much like, like the car, much like the house, that there's some work that we've got to do. There's some old stuff that we've got to get rid of. There's some of that stinking thinking that we've got to change in our mind. Some old patterns, some old belief systems, some opinions that don't necessarily line up with the word of God. We've got to be to replace those things with the good things of God, with the word of God, with following after him. I love what Psalm 103.5 says. It says, he fills my life with, with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. I love that verse. I, I love that idea and that imagery of our youth of like being renewed like eagles. That's, a, that's such a cool idea and such a, a cool thought. And as I was studying this, something that really stood out to me, I was like, well, why, why like an eagle? What's like the big deal? I couldn't really like have our strength renewed, you know, like, I, I don't know, like a, a blue jay or a sparrow. Well, that wouldn't be quite as cool or dramatic, right? It's like an eagle. Come on, somebody. Love that imagery. But here's the amazing thing about eagles is that they molt like many birds do. They go through a process where they slowly change out their feathers. And so when a feather from flying and soaring, I mean, it takes a lot of damage, right? And so over time, they slowly begin to change out. They molt, they lose those feathers, but in in the way that they, not like helpless, then like all the feathers fall out and they look like a naked chicken somewhere. No, just a little bit over time, they begin to renew those feathers. They begin to change them out and it gives them new strength. Just like this verse tells us that it will be renewed like eagles, like our youth going going back. Some of you, I'm starting to feel the age. I mean, some of you are like looking at me like, Brian, you're a baby. How could you be feeling any pain? But I'm telling you, you know you're starting to get old when you wake up with pain and you did nothing but slept and you wake up with, you're like, I didn't, how did you injure yourself? How did you hurt your back? I just woke up when I slept on it. I mean, you just, you start to feel your age, right? And so when we renew it like those eagles, it's the same thing that happens with our mind that we begin to change. The old for the new. It's a process that we go through, and our thoughts, our response, our actions—they've got to look different than the world around us. They've even got to look different than our own desires. And kind of like that eagle, that's what happens with that thought process: is you've got to kind of start laying those down, kind of start shedding this, and then kind of with the Holy Spirit's help, we've got to start getting some new thinking. We've got to begin to change our minds, change our thoughts. Remember, friends, this is so important. All the decisions that we make, all the thoughts that we have, have an effect, have bearing on every single thing in our life. It's so important that we begin to change our thinking. See, renewing our mind and changing our thinking, it's honestly one of the best things and best benefits I feel like to following Jesus. Like, I think it's a really big advantage to not just be doing it in our own strength, our own ability, my own ability, because I don't know about you, I've had some really dumb ideas. I've had some really terrible thoughts. There are some things that I've done, and we can do a whole nother sermon series someday if you want, on Stupid Decisions by Brian. I mean, come on, I could fill pages, ledgers, of things that I have done in my own thoughts, my own thinking, my inner intellect, that did not go well. One of the advantages of coming to a relationship with Jesus and renewing our mind, changing our thoughts, is that God is going to give us the ability to have some thoughts, have some thinking that are going to lead us to a much better result and decision. Check out what Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, and this is just something that's been resonating in my heart. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding, Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Come on, someone. It's like the perks and benefits of following Jesus. Having this inner guide, the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you, helping you, spurring you on, giving you wisdom beyond your own intellect, beyond your own understanding that if we seek his will, That if we seek His thoughts, if we begin to understand and not just lean on our own ideas, our own understanding and our own intellect, because if you're like me, we've done that and it doesn't always go well. Now, sometimes it works out, but man, there have been some things that I thought I had this and I clearly did not. But things seem to go so much better when I stop leaning in my own strength, my own ability and start to understand that God has so much more wisdom. He knows so much more than me. He's got so much more that he can do in me and through me and change those thoughts and lead me to much better outcomes and decisions. So how do we get practical with this? As you hear this today, you may be like, well, so what, Brian? Brian? How am I going to change my thoughts? What does that mean? How do I do that practice? I hear you saying yes to Jesus, becoming more like Him? You know, how, how do I begin to do this? And I think there's a few ways that we can get practical with this. And the first one is just simply starting with this. We've got to repent, which is the fancy word of asking for forgiveness. We've got to ask God forgiveness of our own selfish thoughts and desires and ask God to change our thinking. We've got to repent of our own selfish desires, our own wants, and simply ask God to begin to change our thinking. We've got to invite Him into the equation. We've got to at least start here. We've got to admit that our thinking, our desires are not always right. Matter of fact, some of our desires, some of the things that we want, some of our thoughts run completely opposite to God's desire for our life run completely opposite to the way that God has lined out in his word that he has asked us as his followers to live our lives. So we've got to first acknowledge, if we're going back to the analogy with the rusty car and houses, we've at least got to say, "Yeah, there's some terrible stuff here that needs, we need to root some of this out. We got to get some of this out of here. And we've got to start by inspecting our own life and our own heart. The second one is this, spend time reading the Bible, but doing it through the lens of transformation. Spend time reading the Bible, but do so through the lens of transformation. What does that mean? Well, you're not just simply reading the Bible for knowledge. You're not sitting down and just being like, I'm gonna read this historical record of the biblical times and just how amazing this is. And someone bring me my pipe. This is just so wonderful as my ascots is flowing and I get this knowledge and wisdom of the days of, no, it's not just simply about reading some lifeless history book. Now there's some great stories and yes, there's a lot of actual history in there, but we've got to read the Bible, understanding that it is the living word of God. And that when we read it and we really begin to internalize it and our spirit begins to identify it, it begins to transform our lives. It begins to change the way that we think. It's not just knowledge. We're not doing it out of empty routine. It's not because we're obligated or because the pastor's always telling you, you should read your Bible. We're doing it because we want to have our lives, our minds transformed. And when we we read it and we can pray and ask God, Lord, as I am reading this, Lord, your living word, help it transform my life. Help it change my thinking. I promise you, if you begin reading the word of God, if you just even get a daily devotion, heck, if you just open the Bible app and read that verse of the day in the morning, I promise you, if you open it, read it with an open mind, open spirit, praying, asking God to change your life, change your mind, it will begin to transform your life. You know, sometimes that seems pretty overwhelming. And I, I think of this verse in Philippians 2.14, which which seems kind of trite and silly, but when you read it, sometimes it has a big, you know, I don't know if you've ever read something in the Bible and it has like this big effect where you feel like you just got punched in the gut. And it's like, whoa, that's talking to me and that's something I need to hear. Philippians 2.14 says, do everything without complaining and arguing. I, I don't know if that's just me. Am I the only one who needs that, hear that, and have that reminded and begin to change my thinking? Do everything? I mean, come on, God. There's some things that are worth arguing about about and complaining about. No, God's telling you pretty much do everything. And I don't know if you've ever been in a season like that. You know, I'm going through something and I'm just so frustrated with it. And I'm complaining. And I'm telling everyone, you know, and all the woes me and I can't believe this and they did this and they did that. And then you read something like that and it's like, oh, I got to begin to change my thinking. God is challenging me to follow after him and to not simply do it with complaining and arguing about it. But he's challenging us to begin to change our thinking. And there's verse after verse. Read it cover to cover. There are so many things in the stories of the Old Testament and the characters of the men and women and their lives and the things that they did and the great exploits they did for God and the challenges they faced all the way through the New Testament and the stories of Jesus and how he lived his life and interacted with people and the ministry and the early church that happened. All of the amazing stories and things that we can read. All the letters written to the early Christ followers who are just like us trying to follow after Jesus and live a life more like Him, that those verses will translate and transmit, and they will begin to transform your life. So begin to read the Bible and read it through that lens of it transforming your heart. The third one is this: Change your inputs to the desired outputs. Change your inputs to the desired output? What is the result that you're wanting to get? Well, that's what you need to put in. Think of it this way. When someone plants a seed, whatever seed they plant, that's where you get. If you plant corn, you're gonna get a corn plant. I don't know what the correct word for that—a cornstalk. If you put an apple seed, you're gonna get an apple tree, right? You're not gonna plant an apple seed and be like, "Oh, a banana tree grew." How weird! No, that's not what's gonna happen. Whatever you put in, whatever you sow, that's what's going to come out. I mean, it, it just kind of adds up, right? The same thing is true with like data and a computer and programming. Whatever you put in, whatever the data you put in, whatever the equation you put in—that's that's what's gonna come out. It's not like you just entered some really terrible equation and data and poof, the right thing comes out the other side. No, it's just this very basic principle that whatever you put in is what's going to come out. And the same thing is true with our minds and our thinking. What are you putting in? What are the things that you are investing into your life? What are the things that you're watching, that you're reading, that you're listening to? What are the things that you're watching on television? What is it that you are binge watching? Is it something that's going to be beneficial, that's gonna help you to become more like Christ? Is it something that's gonna cause you to struggle? Is it going to something that's going to cause you to stumble? See, we got to be really careful about what we as Christ followers, and here's we got to be careful, because this isn't about legalism. This isn't simply, simply saying, like, we are all holier-than-thou, holy-roller Christians, and it's all about doing the right thing, and all these things are bad, and only the good things, and we shun all the bad things, and bad people, and all the, no, and we can't even look at it, just shut it, I can't stand to see it. No, it's not what it's about. It's not about legalism. But it is simply about understanding that we have a spirit, we have a soul, and there's a spirit man inside of us. And the input that we give it, whatever it is that we are feeding it, that's who's going to win. Those thoughts that we feed, that's what's going to lead our thought life. Are they going to be things that are going to be edifying? Are they things that are going to help our marriage be stronger, help us be a better parent, help us to become more like Christ and follow Him? Are they going to help us to create and live as a living sacrifice, even with our bodies? Are those thoughts going to lead us to good decisions, good attitudes, things that are going to be edifying and helping other people? Or are the things that we're putting in and feeding into our life, are they going to tear down? Are they going to make some poor decisions? Are they going to lead us to really bad thought life? See, what we put in is what we get out. And so we've got to change the inputs sometimes. Sometimes we've got to choose to not watch that thing or that movie. Sometimes we've got to not listen to those songs with those lyrics. Sometimes we've got to not read the novel or not watch the thing on the news or not scroll through that in the feed or on the website or whatever it is. There's so many inputs coming to us now in this generation, in our society, in our culture. And more than ever, we have to be diligent about filtering those as Christ followers, recognizing what are we feeding ourselves with? Are we starving our spirit man and so filled with all the options of the media buffet that we have in front of us today, that our spirit man is just a shriveled little scrawny stick because we've not fed it anything and we've not spent time in God's word. We haven't spent time in prayer. We haven't spent time in worship or going to church or being edified by other Christ followers in a small group or Bible study. See, friends, it's so important that we understand to change our thought life and to renew our mind. We've got to be again, like almost like a traffic cop. We almost got to be like directing the right things in and stopping the wrong. Like, oh, nope, you come in. Nope, sorry, that way you are out of here. No, <laughs> yeah, I can watch that. Yeah, I need to see. It's different for everyone. You've got to know what your limitations. You have got to know what it is that you're feeding yourself. What are the inputs that are causing the outputs in your thought life? And I think if you begin to pay attention to this, if you begin to notice the things that you're consuming. I think you'll begin to see the difference in your thought life. Just start paying attention to it. The fourth one is this fourth and final one: recognize your desperate need for the Holy Spirit to change you from the inside out. Recognize your desperate need for the Holy Spirit to change you from the inside out. I don't know if you caught it all the way at the beginning of Romans twelve two that the Holy Spirit is working inside of us to change our thinking. See, there's a two-step process that happens. See, renewing our mind begins externally. It begins by hearing the good news of Jesus, hearing the gospel, maybe hearing a preacher, a friend shares their faith with you, whatever your story is, however it is that you came to a relationship with Christ, that's how the Holy Spirit began an external work in you, making you aware, opening your eyes to needing him and a relationship with him that we are not good enough, that we can't earn a relationship, with Him, that there's a lot of mess in our life, that we need God. We need a Savior. And that's the external work that the Holy Spirit does. But then when we say yes to relationship with Jesus, there's a second part, and it's the internal work of the Holy Spirit. It's where the Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside of us and begins to soften that heart of stone and begins to help us to follow after God, to live a life where we're putting Christ first in every single area of our life, where we're beginning to change our thinking see friends, it's not just simply an outward process. It's not just simply about attending church. It's not just simply about saying the right things or going through the right motion. It just dissolve to religion so quickly where you just have empty routine. See, there is that outward expression. That's why it's so important that we invite people to church. It's so important that we invite people to small group. It's so important that we share people with our faith and why we love God because we got to give the Holy Spirit opportunities to connect with people who need relationship with Jesus. But then we can't stop there. We've got to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to do a deep work okay. inside of us. And if you wanna be level with you and get honest with you, sometimes it's not comfortable. Sometimes it's really challenging sometimes allowing the Holy Spirit and giving him permission to do some things in our life, sometimes we're gonna feel like that old rusty car up on the block getting some things cut out and it's not gonna feel too great. Having to change some old habits and some things that we are really comfortable with and and changing our thinking and our opinions that were so ingrained into us that we were just so used to thinking this way and we just so matched up and marched to the beat of the culture around us. When we begin to change and look different, you might cost you something. But friends, we've got to understand that surrendering our life to Jesus, that our act of worship of following Him, that our surrendering our will to Him and all the things that we give up, that when we say yes and He comes into our life and He fills us with the Spirit, He begins to change our thinking. It is always, always, always to our benefit. See, God is not some tyrannical father who is trying to force His ways on us because it's my way or the highway. No, He knows that if we begin to change our thinking and the more that we begin to live like him and the more we begin to change our thinking and following after Jesus, it's only going to benefit us. It's gonna lead to a better life. It's gonna lead to better decisions and using wisdom and being led by his spirit. So I wanna encourage you today. What is it that you need to begin to change in your thinking? What are some of the things that you need to lay down? What are some of the opinions, the thoughts, and the old patterns and thinking and things that you would do that are no longer honoring and pleasing God? What are some of the things that you think and do that really line up with the world and the culture more than it does with the word of God? Friends, I would encourage you to begin to change your mind. Begin to change your thinking. Begin to step through these things. Begin to change those inputs, to get the desired outputs. Maybe laying down some of those websites, some of those things that we click through and scroll through. Maybe picking up some podcasts. Maybe listening to messages every week from a local church. Maybe spending more time in God's word or getting some amazing books to read. And there's so many resources out there. Maybe it's just simply downloading the Bible app and opening it every single day. Friends, but I want to challenge you. Make a step every day. Start growing and becoming more like Jesus by changing your thinking. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. God, I thank you for your amazing love for us. God, I thank you that we don't have to do this in our own ability and our own strength. God, I just pray that you would even now, even as you've been convicting me this week and even as I've been preparing this talk and what you've been doing in my life and my heart, God, that we are to renew our mind, that we are supposed to come more like you God, it's not about our desires, our thoughts, our opinions. It's not about the world around us and everything that they say is right is wrong. It's simply surrendering our life to you. It's spending time in your word, finding how you want us to live, finding how we surrender our thought life to you. It's beginning to renew our mind by getting into those scriptures. and They come alive to us and they, they convict us, but then we see the fruit of what it's like to truly follow after you, Jesus. God, I thank you. And we just give you all the praise. You're an amazing God. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are so excited for the fall. Small groups are getting ready to launch. We're celebrating our birthday next week. We're getting ready to regather. Next month, it's a great time to be a part of Tree Line. Friends, I just want to encourage you during this time of social distancing that still stay connected. You can be socially distant, but don't be distant from us as a church body. God has still called us together as the local church. I want to encourage you to be a part of what we're doing here at treeline thanks for joining us and we'll see you guys real soon thanks for listening if you would like to connect with us or learn more about our church please visit us online at treeline.church or on social media our mission is to see family trees change by a lifelong relationship with Jesus we hope you can listen or join us next week